Okay. <coughs> what is this? Titan. Titan. There we go. It doesn't like how heavy the microphone is. It it really doesn't. I'm probably going to have to like grip this end and try not to shake. Or just... Well, after it finds a place to rest in, it just gets comfortable. It gets cozy. And, and stays there. It gets comfy. Very comfy. Are we recording? We're fucking recording. Yeah, we are. Son of a <laughs> bitch. Uh, well, I mean... What better time than now to start? I guess is, yeah. is, is how we're going to be doing this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the topic for today is. Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't tell you anything, but we have to do the celebratory. Yay! We made it to another episode. This is number three. I'm opening my giant pack of condoms for all the fucking I do. Ugh. I'm going to strangle you, um, for. Doing that so appropriately. Actually, no, you, you shouldn't. Re you shouldn't reward bad behavior. I really shouldn't <laughs> reward bad. Actually, this 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 topic today is a little bit. Hmm. I don't know if I want to talk about that today. Let's see, because I have uh, what I have here is just a list of things we were going to be going through for episodes and episodes and episodes. Kind, uh -huh. of, just, kind of just subcontext. So I I wrote this third one at a meeting. The fourth one, because I got bored. The fifth one, because I just had nothing else to do. And this one is managing kink as a lifestyle, hobby, weekend excursion. <coughs> then there were safe words and consent. So when to call a scene before, during, and after a scene. I think what we're going to stick with today is a little bit more on the grounds of... Let's just, let's just talk about scenes. Let's just talk scenes. about... Scenes? Playing. Playing? Doing a thing with another person that involves, i.e. beating or fucking. That sounds like fighting. I mean, fighting with a bit of extra rules. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot more to negotiate when it comes to, uh, to, to doing the dance with another individual. Playing right. 20 toes has, uh, has a lot more meaning and kink. Um, having someone that's going to be tying you up has a lot more to do with. So we're going to be doing this in the sense of we're just going to be talking about everything that encompasses how to play. Okay. So now, now if you've been indoctrinated into the kink lifestyle, you now know that you are kinky. You now have figured that you like certain things other than the slap and tickle in the bedroom, mm -hmm. and you want to play. You want slap and tickle. Slap and tickle, man. It, that that is definitely how I got involved. In it. it was a bit of slapping and a bit of tickling. Mm -hmm. A lot more slapping and less tickling, actually. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into a little bit more of the what's going on in the world today, as in. A lot of the events that I've been wanting to go to are shutting down for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Wash your assholes. <laughs> you should be doing that anyway. You should be doing that anyway. But you should also just... Just wa wash your taint. Wash your Wash taint. your hands. Wash everything. Just, just wash everything. Do not use the same bar of soap to do all of them. <laughs> I'm, you could, but that'd be kind of... It'd be bad. Very bad. Especially with diseases running amok pandemics yeah. and all that but yes no we have let's see tethered together is uh was scheduled this weekend well the weekend of march the 13th through the 15th was scheduled be this weekend and they are no they are no longer doing their thing boo it is a big shame it's supposed to be a really nice convention mm -hmm. a rope centric centric convention 
Uh, I do know South Plains Leather Fest is still going on right now. Which one? South Plains Leather Fest. Oh. Big leather convention where all the where you can just do hierarchical play. Very mm. leather, very very leather esque. You can do some pet play there. Right. Uh, that's still going on surprisingly, and that one has international presenters and national presenters so mm. everybody's flying about so right we may see an interesting <laughs> excursion from people who didn't wash their taint properly <laughs> after the or during the event why would you ne- not wash your taint bring someone into the shower with you safe water be eco-friendly yeah i'm i'm just going based on everybody's in a bit of a tizzy right now when it comes to this whole Listen, they're just like, don't leave your house. And I'm like, I can do that. (laughs) Don't leave your house. Don't touch anybody. And wash your damn hands. Yes. So standard procedure. (laughs) So the things that we are already doing, just amplify them a little bit more. Yeah. I tend to not touch people unless explicitly asked. That's fair. Um, I think I've had more human interaction this past like couple of weeks (coughs) than I'm used to. Uh, it's been it's been busy, so I'm just like, when am I gonna catch the di- the plague? Mm-hmm. Can I has it, please? But then I look at the numbers and the statistics, and it's like, well, I would be the last person to get to go. Yeah, what a shame. Anywho, back to the normal topic. Mm-hmm. So negotiating scenes. I think we should like the like. Well, we talked a lot about negotiation last time. Yeah. I think it was more negotiating relationships, mm. I believe, is, is how we went and gravitated towards that. We kind of went through the basis, the basics. Yeah. So those things aren't the same. Not necessarily. Because you a, a scene starts and ends in that instance, as opposed to a relationship where you can go a lot further. Mm-hmm. This, strictly, this strictly translates for play partners, tops and bottoms, the, the kind of things that me and you do typically when we're going to be seeing this model it's what we do right there on that spot is negotiated for that instance that instance only right and it has a multitude of different things that you can you can negotiate you can remove you can have carte blanche you can have open consent there's a lot of different notions that go along with various different forms of play Uh uh-huh so from here we're going to start at the bare bones the bare minimum the rough body and impact any experience with any of that? Um, so when we say impact, what do we mean? You take a motherfucker and you beat another motherfucker with him. <laughs> impact. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, you can. It's it. It can. It can blanket a whole number of things. Like spanking is considered impact play. Mm-hmm. Um, we did talk about spankers in the last episode. I hope <laughs> no one is mad at me for that one. <laughs> Um, well, it could have you could have let it go until you said something. No. <laughs> um, getting hit with floggers is considered impact play. Mm-hmm. Um, getting hit with closed fists. Um, rough uh, t- takedown is rough body. Mm-hmm. Um, also, can be a very impact because obviously two bodies are impacting against each other. Right. Uh, that's pretty much the definition of what an impact scene and rough body play. So I don't think I've ever done a scene centered around impact, but it's been like um, like auxiliary detail, but it's never been like time to go over to Cassandra's house because it's time to give her the hand. <coughs> <laughs> it's time to g- <laughs> what? Then, uh, I'm going to use that one later. 
No, um, yeah, usually it's like auxiliary stuff. People like being slapped. A, a lot of people like being spanked. I think that one's like one of the more normal mm -hmm. quote unquote kinks, other than like rope bondage. It's like, oh, I like getting hit on the ass. Mm -hmm. it's, it's chunky, it's meaty, it's thick. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a pretty standard play, but it's fun to a degree, although I'm not allowed to hit anybody on the ass anymore because apparently I can break skin with my fucking hand. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, it surprised me when I did it. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Then, let's see. Negotiating for those scenes is, is pretty cut and dry. It's like, I want you to use those implements and those yeah. implements only. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of go to there and start adding a little bit more a little bit more than that. Okay, well, let's say if somebody wants to negotiate impact and rough body. Now bodies are touching. Now hands can go in places that you usually mm -hmm. don't want to... Yeah, as for flogging, I actually see that more done in, like, a party context than, like, an intimate, in my experience. I'm sure it's done, like, in the bedroom and stuff, but, um, like, flogging and exhibition seem to go hand in hand, and I haven't had a lot of experience doing it myself, because any time that it's going on, there are other people there that are so fucking into it that I'm like, yeah, homie, I don't, I, I, I don't want to play territory with this person right now. I'm here to chill out. You yeah you do see that a lot. Getting in a fist fight is kind of an end of night thing for me. I mean, getting in a fist fight is, is usually negotiated for me. Someone has a hand appointment. <laughs> a hand appointment. <laughs> Someone has a hand appointment with <laughs> like a manicure, sure, honey. <laughs> sure, sweetheart. <laughs> That's exactly what that is. Donk. Oh well, she's unconscious. Don't do that. Don't don't. Well, unless they consent to it, then don't do that. Um. I guess I can see that. It, there are a lot of people that get really into their scenes. Mm -hmm. Whether they be tops, whether they be bottoms. <clears throat> and it does throw off some people. Because there was an instance when I was doing a rope with somebody that they were... I hadn't even put the rope on them and they were already moaning and like... Mm -hmm. Fluids ever. I'm just like, oh, yo, yo dog. Like, mm. well, time to get my waterproof rope. <laughs> time to get the pedal pad... As well as the uh, nylon rope, so I can throw that shit in the washer and dryer and, uh -huh. and not dirty my natural fiber rope. We're not going to do that at the moment. No. Mm -hmm. I think the 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 that that and it just throws me off. I, I love public play, but that's probably because I'm also an exhibitionist. Mm -hmm. um, but having to sit there and isolate yourself into your own scene can be a bit tedious. Yeah, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Because everybody else is either overtly charged with their own headspace, their own scenes, their own sen uh, their own selves. Mm -hmm. Pardon me. No. Pardon me, moi. Um, that it it becomes a bit too convoluted when you're just trying to sit there and have a good good time by yourself. So sometimes people enjoy private play. Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to public play, but yeah, that was my instance. Is like you can you, you barely put the rope on someone. It's like oh no, there's now a wet spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of my um, most of my scenes start from something casual. Okay. Where I'm like hanging out with somebody. I'm like, hey, ropes a thing, and then like later on, it gets to the point where I was like, well, things have gotten farther than anticipated. Time to bring out the questionnaire. 
You actually have a question there? It's in my head. Oh. It starts with, are we fucking? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. See that? See, I actually used to have a physical like questionnaire that I would nice. hand somebody out like at the beginning. Like here, I am interested in playing with you. Just yeah, nothing, nothing turns me on quite like bureaucracy. I <laughs> mean, that's one of my kings. <laughs> Sign this contract. <laughs> <laughs> you just go to the DMV like. Mm. Yeah, <coughs> I will gladly wait those two hours. Tentacle bound, can you please step forward? Ah, oh, yes, there we go. See, it's great. No, you gotta make me. <laughs> <laughs> make me harder. <laughs> oh, God, this is gonna be derailed so quickly because it's just such a convoluted topic. All right, so we were on impact play. We were on impact, yes. So when we discuss negotiating relationships, it's more of a, okay, what am I in it for? What do I want? What do I need? Mm-hmm. The same can be transferred over to a scene. But you're only looking at the immediate result. You're looking right. you're looking for that high. You're looking for that I want somebody to either tie me up in something very complicated complicated, very pretty, very aesthetically pleasing, and then hurt the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. All can be done with rope. But the thing with that is that once you've negotiated being tied, there's there's this little thing where you want to negotiate everything that is allowed and that isn't allowed. Uh-huh. Obviously, like touching vaginal. You know, you, you have to make sure you can buy use break and fix. Pretty much, you, you want to make sure that all of those, uh, all your I's are dotted, all your T's are crossed, and minding your P's and your Q's. That way, someone doesn't misconstrue something, and all of a sudden, you need someone's hands in your no, naughty no no square. And <laughs> I know a lot of euphemisms. A lot of weird analogies are going to be happening today. Yeah, no no touching the sexy no-no hole. No touching the sexy no-no hole. No touching the magical sword. Mm-hmm. None of that noise. And we... I've seen a lot of this happen in many different spheres of play. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have rough body play scenes that will end up in one or two categories. They, it's a really good takedown scene, rough body, people get pressure points, get dropped down to the ground, wrestling, what have you, and it usually is a great scene. Mm-hmm. And there's the other one where like, okay, somebody grabbed somebody inappropriately, how do we mitigate this, how do we do this? Obviously calling your scenes is important, and typically the standard way to call a scene is a safe word. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard a safe word. I would hope people make fun of it. Occasionally, it's like, oh, my safe word is pineapple. Okay. All right. Try calling that out when you're gagged. and. Yeah, having a... I, I think two-syllable safe words are the best way to go. Yeah, I, I mean... Because, like, one-syllable ones, you could just be yelling shit. Somebody could think they hear it. That's happened to me before. That happens quite a bit, actually. That's why most dungeons in... Or the light system. Yeah, the the stoplight system. Mm-hmm. I am awfully burpy today. That's not that's not burping the mic. Make your safety word safety. Mm. It has never done me wrong. Really? Yeah. How so? Um, because that like, not only does it have enough syllables for you not to misconstrue it, but like, it's easy to say the thing you're thinking about. I can see that. Also, there's also a thing that you can do. You can also add nonverbals into the mix. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. 
So typically, I, I've played with an, a, a few people that just go <clears throat> completely nonverbal. They, mm-hmm. just, they cannot talk. They're in their own headspace. And if something goes wrong, they can't really talk. Well, something to do is usually, no one's going to be able to see this, but if you actually hold your index fi- index finger going up and twirl it around, that means everything's good to go. Mm-hmm. They're like, woo, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Typically, when you do it upside down, though, that motion's like, n- that we're not having a good time. Mm-hmm. And then you just do this to stop, mm-hmm. which is a closed fist. Right. And you can do that from hands behind the back, sort of, kind of. And it usually works. Sometimes having giving them something to drop is mm-hmm. also another way to do that. Mitigating damage in the scene is, is, is important. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to kind of be talking about right now. So you, you brought up safe, uh, two syllable safe words. Mm-hmm. Interesting concept. Typically, I've, I've always been stuck with the... Red means no, mm-hmm. stop immediately. Yellow means slow down or stop what you do, stop that specific thing that you're doing. And we need to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And green means I'm rearing to go. Yeah. There's also mayday. Mayday means this person's not listening to me. Mm-hmm. I need a dungeon monitor to stop. For those that don't know, that have never been indoctrinated into a local dungeon or a, a big public event, a dungeon monitor is someone that will monitor all the scenes going on in the actual play space. Mm hmm. And can and has the permission of the event space and the coordinators to stop your scene mm-hmm. completely. Just, you are committing a fucky-wucky. You stop. Not, stop <laughs> it. Just co- just completely stop. Period. Mm-hmm. Some of them go through training. Some of them go through uh, the whole CPR shtick mm-hmm. and know how to kind of call scenes. But it's also, you're, you're leaving it up to humans to kind of dictate what is right and what's wrong in the scene. Yeah. I've done a lot of uh, high intensity scenes before, so that's why I like to have things that are um, fast to do but hard to miss. So that's why I like two syllable stuff. Okay. Yeah. Because like in a lot of situations like that, people just be yelling. Yeah. A good example is uh, last night I did have a scene and there was a lot of screaming and I think screaming anything out at that point would have just kind of blurred the lines. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to hear. So you need, you would need a nonverbal. Yeah. I would need a nonverbal. I would need just that cue of like, Hey, by the way, like X, like X nay, I'm kind of done. Thankfully, thankfully it was, it was a relatively good scene. Just a lot more. There was a lot more vocal than I'm used to. I'm used to Mm -hmm. just going completely nonverbal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an audiophile. So, I like noise. I just like streaming. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great way, and it, it was kind of funny because my roommates ended up passing out mm-hmm. from this person, just like going completely to sleep after the scene. It was mm-hmm. like, well during the scene. It was hilarious because I I'm one of the only other people I know that can fall asleep with people screaming right very very loudly. You fell asleep or they fell asleep? They did. They uh did they did they have like an adrenal drop or something? No, what it was, it was they they got to a point they were cozy. They were watching a movie. They were also listening. They were also listening. To oh, oh, right, 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 right. And all of a sudden, you just see them both lulled to sleep. I'm just like <laughs> mood, <laughs> big mood, the biggest of moods. Let's see. So we can go over now. We kind of we'll touch more on safety towards once we get through the types of scenes that there are, the types of play that you can and cannot do. Right. Because if we if we keep going back and forth, we'll just get in this jumbled mess, and this and we're fixing this in post will be a pain in the ass. So we discussed impact, we discussed rough body. There's also takedown scenes that can 
mixed into rough body. There's also, let's see here. What is a favorite one of mine? Oh, yes, rope tying. Uh, well, um, before we go into that, let's go into things that aren't scenes. Okay. What isn't a scene to you, though? Um, just like general um, things that would be dynamics of a relationship, like um, the demeanor of um, like pet towards master or like slave towards owner. Um, just having an instance of that come up naturally as you're hanging out, that's not quite a scene. But if you're like, hey, on Saturday, we're going to the fuck pen to do the fuck thing, that would be a scene. But, you know, just because you decided to tease your dom at the Olive Garden does not mean the Olive Garden is now a scene. Yes. Keep your... Keep your don't go to Olive Garden, first of all. For, yeah, first of all, don't go to Olive Garden. They're the Applebee's of Italian food. There's a great place in every town that's a lot better than Olive Garden. I get it. It's cheap. You like the breadsticks, but make the breadsticks yourself and you'll have a great time. What happened with the microphone stand? I'm just fucking with it. Oh, this one? It's just bad. <laughs> it's not not great quality. <laughs> so that's a that's a good thing to kind of like jump into because I've been seeing a lot of this happen on this wonderful app called TikTok. <laughs> yeah, TikTok's cool. TikTok is cool for funny and goofy things. I found a lot of really good advice on there. There's this dude. Um, uh, this is called. Uh, sequence breaking where I break the momentum and bring up my phone. Oh. And what is the sequence breaking you're doing? Does it happen to involve a individual that ties himself and gives advice? Um, I haven't seen him tie himself, but this dude just launched a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I think he might be solid. Uh, but uh, have we have we have we released this on anything yet? Uh, this is on SoundCloud. Okay. Um, what's this guy's name? Mm. Okay, I can't find the guy I'm talking about. But there is this dude that does uh psychology and therapy stuff. Oh. And it's like, hey, this is a uh, pause. Uh Dread Behemoth does really good uh, psychology advice and I can say that because I'm in school for the same thing and I'm like this motherfucker's spitting it was actually a really good review on a lot of things that I've looked into but uh yeah there there have been increasingly more vocal people on TikTok but like I have to stress doing your research <coughs> well not even doing your research it's just, it's just that so there's always there's always been this thing there if you go on a fet life right now there's there's certain events that are like corrupt the vanillas uh, basically doing public. it's called that it, there's an event called corrupt the vanillas wow that's fucked up it is and that goes it, it ties into the whole like don't have your play or have your scenes in public obviously like if you're doing a rope bomb and you've talked to the local authorities and they're allowing you to do so cool whatever knock yourself out i like rope bombing that's fine like going to a public place talking to the authorities getting a press pass and all that and doing a photo shoot in a landmark area that's a thing yeah that, that's an actual thing and there's a few people in certain areas that i know that have very good relationships with local authorities and can go do these things in public they're mm -hmm. fully clothed obviously and it's one of those things where it's like okay that's fine that, that's fine but they're not going into a family or oriented restaurant 
wearing their collars and their uh, the, their tail butt plugs and uh. <laughs> you, you see where this is going and yeah. having these interactions in public. Mm-hmm. I've I've been a part of a couple of those things without knowing about it. We usually don't know about it until it's too late until you see the snail trail on the fucking couch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to a buddy of mine that uh, drove Uber before. Oh, no. Yeah. No, I've driven Uber before and I've had to clean up vomit. Uh-huh. So, no, I get it. Uh, th- that, that's one of the biggest PSAs I'm going to actually do. I should say is if you're doing anything that, like, let's say you're going to a public park. Mm-hmm. You're going to a public restaurant you're going you're doing something on uh, online that's des- designed to be around children don't throw your kink out there mm-hmm. please don't and that was that's what kind of where i segued into the whole tiktok thing is because there's a lot more people that are kinky blasting it yeah and it's not appropriate mm. their ki- the kids use a fucking app just don't fucking do it mm-hmm. i don't care how adorable you think you are with a with a pacifier in your mouth, doing the oo-woos and the oh-woos and the whatever the hell you... Keep it somewhat private, please. Mm. Because they're not consenting to your scene. Right. And that's the biggest thing, is that this is all... We, we pride ourselves as gangsters to the whole consent thing, and you're taking people's consent away from them. Right. So, keep your scenes to yourself, unless explicitly asked by others. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's just my opinion on the subject. I don't know how you feel about that. I'm not so. Um, I think as long as there isn't something explicitly sexual going on, TikTok is an okay place to post. Um, I'm pretty anti censorship, um, <clears throat> and that's kind of bordering on that. But there are lines, right? Like it's not a um, it's not a unilateral a unilateral issue where we can either have this or we can't. But like. I think as long as it's implication instead of direct, like, um, a direct thing, it should be fine. So if you're like, you know, going to town with a toy on TikTok, that's kind of a problem. But if there, if there are things there that only the people that know about it can recognize, I think that's okay. I think that's uh, that's where we will differ only slightly, only slightly because there is a couple of people on there that do specifically like full on like crotch suspensions that I'm just like, I don't care if you're clothed like that. I know what everybody knows what that what's happening right now mm-hmm. that, that you, you'd have to be living under a rock to not know what's going on. But right. That's my only thing. If explicit. Yes. Just keep that behind closed doors. If it's infor- if it's informative, like, hey, by the way, you're jumping into this scene, kind of like what we're doing. It's informative. Mm-hmm. Check all your avenues. I'm sure there's some there's some people on there that are really good. Like, hey, by the way, this is where I learned how to do it. Go this direction. Yeah. Um. And there, there's a little there's a couple of things that like may not necessarily be the same thing. Like you brought up the pacifier thing, and that that could be kink or that could be rave culture. So like. So in the context that I saw it, it wasn't rave culture. Okay. I, like it wasn't like that. You didn't see the candy on the girl's arms. You mm-hmm. didn't see like the slightly skimpy bathing suit fishnet outfit. It was that was age play. Okay. That was very obviously age play. I get you. Yeah. I'm not okay with age play. Well, I'm tolerant of age play. We we have to be tolerant. Mm-hmm. 
We have to be because there's I, I guarantee you there's somebody that would be listening out there that's like, oh, by the way, those riggers, mm-hmm. they ain't good people. I mean, the, they can those people can do that all they want. I have trauma, so um, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's just interesting that, that we'll we'll kind of get into that how like different subsects of these scenes like have have a little bit of like a weird like there's there's a little bit of a fissure between each and every one of them. It's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. So we do have other outlets that you can learn from. I don't know if we're going to do it. I don't think. And a lot of it is like if you want to pull the information from it, you can you can definitely check out like Fet Life for some of the information. You mm-hmm. can definitely check out. I I don't know about Twitter though. I think there should be a wiki on like Def- definitions and as, as far as this is concerned because it's going to start getting a little bit convoluted like you can do degradation you can do all these things but that goes that's a little bit further down mm-hmm. rope scenes rope scenes are a bit a little bit a little bit harder to negotiate to but yeah as we were mentioning earlier because typically when you're negotiating for say an impact scene mm-hmm. you have all these toys laid out you can see all of these toys mm-hmm and you can go, okay, well, I want the cane, I want the paddle, I don't want the crochet, <coughs> I don't want the crocheting needle, um, and I want the whip. Mm-hmm. Only those toys. Then that, that you will only get those toys. Mm-hmm. You will use, unless the person that's playing you is, is a bit of a fucktard, those are the only toys you'll be using. Right. In rope, it's a bit different. You have to be a little bit more specific. Mm-hmm. So, typically, uh, what type of negotiations do you do? Because I know you mentioned like there, that that one thing at the first, like because you the way your scenes they happen a little bit more fluidly. It's like okay, you're originally coming out to hang out, and then all of a sudden stuff happens. Yeah, like uh, the um, the last time this happened, um, uh, we got on the, the the topic of rope came up, and. Um, the person was talking about how they would be uncomfortable with certain things and I'm like well this just goes on your leg and then like 20 minutes later they're like can you do that leg thing to me and I'm like yeah and then it, ex- then it extended from there and then it got to a certain point where I'm like okay what's going on and it was just like just tying and I was like hell yeah and then we do that and then I just tied for four hours and it was great um Empty. but I think you need like the slightest amount of social intelligence to know when to ask when something is going along just general like consent rules if you keep those in mind you'll usually be pretty good um you know have have some empathy like know where the lines are because i i think it's kind of hard not to see boundaries a lot of the time it is a little bit hard to see boundaries but i I may be hyper attuned to this because i've been doing this since i was 16 so it that might be a case that might be the case but we're gonna let's let's we're gonna keep that at the forefront. We're gonna keep your 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 the fact that you can focus in on certain situations. Be like, okay, now is an appropriate time to be like, all right, are you doing okay? Is this going on? Or or can side skip? And you or, don't show up to a to a Starbucks and be like, oh, it's so good to see you, and then pull your your jute out of your bag. Yeah, like <laughs> unless they specifically asked for it. Even then, no. Mm. Because you're in a Starbucks. Exactly, you're in a Starbucks. Now, if it's out, if it, if it's Starbucks after hours, <laughs> that's a whole. Di- <laughs> you're gonna get arrested. 
uh, don't get don't don't do that. There's a lot of things you should and shouldn't do. That's one of them that you shouldn't do. <laughs> if your kink is getting arrested, um, I respectfully decline. <laughs> if your kink is getting arrested, you must have a very big bank account to deal with all of the bond payments that you're going to be dealing with. So for me, with negotiation, it it's never fluid mm-hmm. unless I'm doing pickup play. Mm-hmm. And for those that aren't aren't aware of what pickup play is, it's literally like I go to a convention. I chat up this random person that I never met and we do all of our negotiations right oh, there yeah. on the spot and then we play and we may never see each other again. I think there's a there's something to do with um, uh, the culture fluency that you have um, because like you know me and all the subcultures I'm in, I despise gatekeeping. So like getting into something casual like that and being able to read lines like that, I'm kind of like eventually when I settle down in a scene somewhere, I want to be a hospitalier. I want to be the person that is responsible for explaining this kind of stuff to people. That's why I agreed to be on the podcast. Um, So that's in my skill set. But I think the reflex should be like, hey, we have to negotiate now. Um, A lot of time, I'll very gently weave that conversation into another conversation that I'm having to get the information that I need for like, because n- normally if you're like, somebody's like, I'm interested in that. And you're like, cool, fill out this 20 part form. That's a barrier <laughs> that's saying, no, don't do this. It, it, again, this is, this is probably some of the like really hard learned things from, from, from going from private play to where like, okay, me and you are having this like very fluid-esque relationship. Like everything's great. We hang out. Occasionally something happens. Yeah. And then we talk about it and then it go. Then we get into the nitty-gritty of it, which is fine. I, that is a great way to do things and I am not opposed to that. If you have that level of fluidity with certain people, kill it. Knock it out. Do it. If that makes you guys comfortable, I am not going to sit here and tell you how to do it. In the public, pers- like if you go to a, if you go to a convention, right, that, yeah. that, that, that took 20... If you're in the ritual space, then you have to follow its rules. Yeah, sometimes, not all the time, because pickup play is ten- is typically not seen as a good thing. Really? Because you have so aftercare is another part of the scene. Uh huh. And we'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards. But aftercare is a very integral part of something like after a rope scene, because usually after a rope scene, the person's blood pressure drops. Mm-hmm. The the, they, they get their high, they cool off, and they sometimes some people have a negative after effect of that. They, they get a little bit sad. They get a little bit... Sub-dropping. It, exactly. I encounter, I've encountered like four people in the past three months that did not know what sub-dropping was. And they were really, really into like the community and stuff. Um, not necessarily local ones, but they were really into playing and stuff like that. I'm familiar with a lot of the other language. And I'm like, how do you not know this? Like... That, that's surprising to even me. Right? And the just to get Like, I, th- I thought I was being fucked with at first. That sounds mortifying. Mm-hmm. So... Especially coming from subs. Th- th- I... Hmm, even I'm tongue-tied on that one. Not mm-hmm. two tongues. How? How? I think it's because they had depression... Because uh, it's easy to mix up sub dropping with, with depression, with uh, like a post anxiety attack or depression or stuff like that. I, I okay, I can see that. But a thing, a thing is that a lot of quote unquote communities emphasize, well, at least 
when the local community <coughs> here was a little bit more relevant, uh-huh. the the topic of top drop, sub drop, like all of those things were thrown at the forefront, and it may have been the instructors. It may just have been the instructors, right? Because afterwards, now that I'm thinking about it, that has not really come into context. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So it may have to do with the people that they're around that they've never heard of it. Huh. I think a lot of people, um, uh, a good amount of these people were at like anime conventions and stuff like that. Okay. So I think a lot of people get in that sphere, get interested, but, um, they may not necessarily have the confidence to jump into a new subculture, which actually gets harder as soon as you're at home in one. Yeah, it is a bit jarring, and especially to learn the jargon of an entirely new one. Because mm-hmm. there are still some bits of terminology that I'm still fighting with in certain, like in this one, in, in Kink. Mm-hmm. I've been in it for a while. Well, culture, the only the only universal truth about culture is that it changes. True. Very, very true. Especially now that there is there's a lot of different subsects of rope that I'm just like, I don't even want to deal with it anymore. I just, let, me do my, let me do my Eastern Star rope and call it a day. Please, let me just hurt people in rope. Por favor. And so those that don't know what subdrop is, <coughs> it is it, it's when your dopamine high runs dry. Mm-hmm. And you start getting the... Ap- you, some people, uh, apathy hap- uh, gets affected. Like, they start not giving a shit. Uh, or it happens in a very emotional state where you, you're just flooded with your emotions and then catharsis kicks in because now the scene turned brought out a lot of unbridled emotions mm-hmm. that were repressed. Right. And that's what sub drop is. It happens to tops too. Top mm-hmm. drop is a thing and sometimes depending on how hard either of them were playing, we'll determine the severity of it. Yeah, a lot of my subs go non vocal. That is that is a form of sub drop. Uh, mine usually get very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like they, they start being a lot more open yeah. with exactly what's been going on, and that that is like okay, this is this turn this went from a scene to having fun. This turned into a cathartic scene. All right, come here, hug it up, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, do you need coffee? Do you need water? Do you want vodka? Like, do you, do, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. And these are bits of the scenes that we, that we will discuss further in aftercare. But that is that I figure that since. You mentioned now that there are people that don't know what subdrop is. And we should we should touch on that for a quick second mm-hmm. and go from there because that's a that's an interesting one. I haven't. Oof. Maybe I'm, I don't want to come back in the scene. I don't want to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but and uh, anyway, uh, so back to the pickup play part. Pickup play is actually kind of disavowed. Mm. at bigger conventions because of the distance between people. So let's say I'm playing with somebody from New York. Mm-hmm. I'm not in New York. Mm-hmm. And getting a hold of me after they've hit that sub drop right. is a lot more difficult because I'm not in their immediate sphere. So prepping for that in that scene and that afterwards and that after effect in the scene is a bit more difficult. And that's why a lot of the time some conventions don't like people pick up a play. Like you'd have it. Sometimes it's best to bring a partner, but if you don't have a partner, you end up being friends with the person that also doesn't have a partner. You two hit it off. You you play. You have a scene. You've negotiated, and now you're there. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit more fluid because you're you two were put in a similar situation where 
this person didn't have a top, you didn't right. have a bottom, things kind of happened, swiggity swooty, people came for that booty, and you had fun. But the after effects is what comes down to it. Like any any form of play is always appreciated, whether it's being fluid, whether it's being very structured. Just always prepare for the after part. Mm-hmm. Always, always prepare for the after. Yeah, and I know that um, sub dropping and aftercare works kind of differently with conventions because usually it won't hit until the convention's over unless it's a really intense scene. And I think even then, I've seen some really intense performances where it didn't hit until they were back home. Yeah. Like like post-con depression. You'll see that with a, a lot of festivals and conventions where, like, you're, you're staying in the ritual space until, um, <clears throat> until everything is said and done, and then you kind of come back to reality later. Usually at work, on a Monday. Mm-hmm the middle of your shift and all of a sudden it just hits you're like I have all the depression oh wait this is sub drop Mm -hmm. what's the difference you may also hate your job you may we won't go into that right now because I think we all hate our jobs in some form or fashion and degree unless your job is to literally hate your job then send me the application form right now and I'll (laughs) apply so We've discussed something about rope, and we've gotten through two different forms of negotiation and a little bit about aftercare, let's mention. So there's other forms of play, pet play, Mm -hmm. as a a scene. I have never seen that as a scene as a whole. I've always seen that as a relationship. But for somehow, it is a scene. Like Mm -hmm. That's that's the dynamic that can be interchanged between the two as a a scene as well as a relationship status. Mm Mm-hmm what would you say would you classify that as a scene? Because I know me and you are into pet play as a, as a whole. Um, hmm. Yeah. As a scene, I think it's just, um, laying down expectations for what's going to happen and giving permissions and understanding roles. Most of the time, I can see it's that. just kind of, I want to, and I would like you to X and Y standard affair for scene then I guess okay that makes that makes sense I think the other one I think the one of the few ones that can't really be intertwined into the two is the MS and DS dynamic because mm-hmm. those relationships already have a whole set of lists and rules mm-hmm. the only thing that changes is that DS the, the submissive can still say no mm-hmm. and in MS there's a form of play which is consensual non-consent Mm-hmm. Where the the explicit consent is to violate the consent, right? We'll touch on that topic a little bit later, but that that involves that whole aspect of your consent is you're consenting to things that you would normally not consent to, and that is built over time, right? Unless someone that unless that's someone's kink and that's their shit, right? And then we get into the whole dark play and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. The only other one that I can think of that meshes well with pet play is the age play thing, and I don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Not tonight. Not today. Well, it's it's the same rules. Yeah, same rules apply. I'm sure there's a play pen that you can draw in color and all that jazz. Uh, what about primal? Primal is one of the biggest ones because it involves taking down, hunting, chasing, uh, biting, clawing. Like Those are all facets of rough body play and takedown. Mm-hmm. So that meshes very well with the first one. Uh, it's, it's always a lot more hands-on. Mm-hmm. So take any form of like 
I guess you can even throw mixed martial arts in there mm-hmm. and just add the visceralness of fighting each other naked until submission. Mm-hmm. And then sexy, happy, fun time can probably happen. Who knows? Yeah. Mixing those two things is weird to me. It, I get the people are into it. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Uh, I'm not a primal person. I, I, I like my, I like my pain. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I like to do rough body as in like, I will drop you to the ground and then stomp on you with my boots. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as it turning into something sexual, that's still a bit of a weird thing for me. And that'll always be a weird thing for me due to medical complications. Mm-hmm. So I can see the appeal. I can see that. Like, I think part of the difference, um, and this is not like a wide sweeping statement, but I think because both of us grew up fighting, like fighting is definitely key to survival more than like play. Yeah, I can see that. I think that's probably why like I'm I'm still doing the ropey thing because there's no mm-hmm. fight in that. Yeah, there, there's it's it's either I'm doing art or I'm hurting you, mm-hmm. and and those are the only two facets that I have. I either make really pretty pictures, or do really fucked up things. Mm-hmm. There's typically no in between, right? Unless that I'm I'm performing and it has to be very structured. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that I think it covers a lot of the general scenes because as you can go into edge play, edge play scenes are a little bit different. Mm. And that's a little bit more on the like the two one version of this topic. So as yeah, far you need a lot more training to do that. You really do, and even then, I, as an edge player, don't have some of the training skill sets. Like I can tell you what a fire play scene entails. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to have a firing signature. You don't want burnt jiggly bits. Mm-hmm. Oh. Know where to put your wax. Know where to put your wax. You, I mean, you can... Some waxes can be inserted. Yeah, but you have to know which ones they are. <laughs> and it's usually the paraffin wax. You, you don't want that getting being wrong. <laughs> you don't. And if the person has a soy-based allergy and you're using soy wax... Oh, That's a thing, too. Oh, boy. <clears throat> I've heard horror stories. Uh, knife play is another thing where, like, you want to guarantee that that skill ceiling is there. Um, I like asking for references. Always a good thing. And if someone's typically doesn't really have references, how do you deal with that? Like if they're really brand new, like as far as like bottoming concerned, because bottoming you can even ask for references there. Like, well, who have you bottomed for? Mm-hmm. Do I know these people? Like, are you are you a safe player? No one asks those questions. Yeah. How do you go through the sifting through the bottoms? Um. Hmm. And yes, I am talking about like as a as a top that typically doesn't like do their checks sometimes. Yeah, um that one's kind of tough. Usually um people into blade play will collect pictures. So I'll look at what's been done to them before. Um which will tell me like what they're used to and what they enjoy. Um, I, I got into knife play from a weird perspective because me and the, uh, uh, the partner at the time were both emo kids and we were used to like using ourselves for that kind of thing. So like it, it was weird cause it was mutual. Hey, nothing wrong with that. A little blood in the metal never hurt anybody. But, um, yeah, just like ask for examples or pictures or anything like that. Um, 
um, usually when a topic comes up, there will be enthusiasm. And in the middle of that enthusiasm is the best time to ask for some sort of evidence. Oh, so... Because a lot of BDSM people tend to be really artsy. If you've done a tie you're really proud of, you probably have pictures of it. Um, you know, if you really like impact play and are getting impacted, you probably have pictures of the bruises. So you can look at some of those and be like, wow, your entire ass is purple. You don't know when to say stop. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so true. And you're like, okay, if I decide to play with this person, that's something I have to keep in mind. Yeah, uh, that means that there is a high probability that you will not tell me to stop. I'll have to call the scene. And there's also a chance that you won't be taking care of the bruises and, the, and the, that leads into a whole other mess. Mm-hmm. No, no, that that's actually a very, very astute observation. Because I have most of my evidence of what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Granted, it's all the ropey shit. Because... Mm-hmm ropey shit it, mm-hmm. it's easy it's easy to be like oh well i have this great photo that you should really look at it's great it's great to be like oh yep i do these things yeah and like since i've gotten into rope i, I really enjoy um my favorite thing to do with rope is to make the person that i'm tying feel the way that um they've wanted to feel for a while but can't get normally so that's usually my goal <clears throat> So whether that be graceful or degraded or very pretty, um, usually you want to have that on a picture to show them after the fact so they know it's not just you, you know, trying to do relationship maintenance instead of actually talking about what's been done, you know? No, of course. I mean, that's a more astute reason why you have photos than I do. I have it because it's like, oh, look, I've done this god-awful thing to you. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Here's evidence. Enjoy it. I can make every one of my ulterior motives sound pretty if I want to. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Let's see here. We had we had just gone through the always preparing yourself and not preparing yourself. Oh, brain is fried. What a week. What a weekend. And I still have a busy weekend ahead of me. So we've gone through the the checking checks and balances and all that, verifying mm-hmm. who you're playing with, keeping your butt safe, keeping their butt safe in that regard. Yeah. Oh, if it involves fluids, make sure they've been tested recently. Yes. And typically it's also a, a good like rule of thumb that every time you change a partner that you're exchanging fluids with, uh-huh. get a new test. It's just good rule of thumb at that point. And it, it do they have mail-in tests yet? Yes. Okay. Uh, they do. Actually, you can go to CVS or Walgreens or anything of the sort and pick up, pick up those tests. Okay. And then send them in. You get it anonymous, anonymously back in a nice sealed envelope that says confidential. Mm-hmm. And most places actually do have free testing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I just don't like leaving my house. That is fair. I, I, I am completely okay with that notion if you actually i think there's something online as well we like free std testing or something like that free std testing kit mm-hmm. i think there's like a dot org or something that goes along with it and they'll send you the test kit at home mm-hmm. and you just send it back yeah also um if you do drugs there are really good drug test kits out there to make sure the stuff you're getting is healthy so while while i will not on a podcast advocate for drug use um, that's a resource out there to make sure you keep yourself safe 
if you were to disregard my explicit advice not to have drug use. Well, not just that. Like, if you also... It, but, okay. So, it was, this ties back into keeping yourself safe. There's... If you have an instance where you lost memory at a big event mm-hmm. or anything of the sort, and you feel kind of weird, you feel kind of <coughs> off, there, there are drug test kits that, that you can do at Walgreens and all that jazz. And it's very confidential, very straightforward to the point. And they will give you the results within a week or two. Mm-hmm. And you'll have your results, whether or not something happened. It, it's... This happens to both men and women, mm-hmm. or male identifying, female identifying, whatever body you have, it, it happens to just about anybody. So just keep yourself safe, keep yourself notified. Mm-hmm. Whether it's through your physical needs, your mental needs, if some substance abuse, or you're using, because there are some people that play on the edge of actually using substances during play. Yep. Fun facts. That's why we mentioned it. Which brought, uh, brings me to a, a, a story a while back for a scene that we'll talk about after the podcast because that's a long story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're at the topic of aftercare. Yeah. Aftercare. What are your requirements for aftercare? Uh, my requirements for aftercare? For you. Be oh. there for it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave. Be there for it. That You'd be surprised. Well, no, you wouldn't. You, you've, you've seen this shit before. Well, I do it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the guy that, does, that if you don't negotiate aftercare with me, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. Right. Um. Yeah. It's it's pretty important to do. Um. Because like there has to be an end point for everything, and this kind of signals the clo- both the closing of the scene and the maintenance for the people. I won't actually call a scene done until aftercare starts, because that's your transition. Okay. Um, kind of like when the movie is over, you still have to leave the theater. It's a process. You gotta clean up your shit. You gotta leave. If you don't clean up your shit, I hate you. That is fair. <coughs> I'm not gonna sit here and justify. Well, I can justify my actions only because I just I like having everything in this nice little box. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that is ne- it's negotiated from the beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like if you are, because I do have some partners that don't like aftercare. They don't right. want to be touched. They just want to be left alone. They want to be left to stew in their own emotions and their own high. And t- touching them breaks them from that. Yeah, it, it removes them from their subspace, and they're just they're just like angry. Like, well, all right, cool. I'm just gonna leave you alone now. Well, that that's still a form of aftercare, then. I, I guess so. You're you're what you're doing in aftercare is respecting space, even if you don't actually have to do anything. That is fair. So I guess I don't really remove it. Mm-hmm. I just have others that have different requirements. There, There is a one person that I play with that r- does require extensive aftercare. Mm-hmm. Going to bed, laying down, cuddling, like just there for an hour or so just to recoup and all that. Which is great, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But that's already been negotiated. That's already been taken care of. And it is important for top as well to have those that avenue. For me personally, I I just don't like being touched. Mm-hmm. So after some, I give somebody else their aftercare, I go take mine, which is typically like I go get a glass of whiskey, I go have a cigarette, and then those ten to fifteen minutes of me doing all that, I am perfectly coherent afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah. Usually, like the act of providing aftercare is my aftercare. Ah, okay. So, like, um, that's part of why I harp on it so much is because I enjoy it. But also, like, it can also be, like, a form of, like, very minor therapy some of the time. Um, that, like, I'm a natural caregiver, so 
that comes naturally to me. It can also be used to like discuss um, what I like to always, I typically ask is questions, comments, or concerns. Mm-hmm. Like the little questionnaire that you always get after every purchase mm-hmm. <laughs> from Amazon. Like what was bad? What was good? What would you like to have changed? Mm-hmm. I, and that's typically when I ask those questions. Like, okay, well, what did you like about the scene? Yeah. Once they've gotten their like little aftercare, <coughs> and th- this is time for me to like, go and sit there and go, well, what could have been better? Right. If it could have been better. Was everything just the way you wanted it? Should something have changed? Mm-hmm. What didn't you like about this? That is, that is typically when I start asking those questions and not to like, well, the scene for me was bad. I just want to make sure that if we can improve upon it, we can make it better. That way the next time could be even more fun. Right. And that's what we're here for. We're here to have loads and loads of tumultuous fun and debauchery. Mm-hmm. All the debauchery. All of it. All of it, all of it. And there's a heat in this talking. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it's important to know, to get a good idea of how things went for both parties. And um, like taking care of yourself is super important. Um, I, I had something I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. It's okay. The, one, the only the thing I was going to add to the whole aftercare thing it also pertains to being a part of the scene as well. Mm-hmm. Negotiating up. Mm. Like when the person clearly has hit subspace already. Mm-hmm. Negotiating up is typically not seen as a positive thing. I am not going to sit here and dictate how people play. Mm-hmm. Only because if I've been with a partner for a long amount of time and they tell me they want something else in the scene, I typically listen to it. Mm-hmm. Because that's something added to add, as an added benefit for them. Okay, but what you're describing isn't a scene. You're describing a relationship dynamic. True, but that also falls under a scene. Well, it's it's performed during a scene, but you have to have the relationship there first. True, 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 true. I guess that will... I guess that com- comes with the territory, I guess, in that aspect. It's, and you don't want to do it if you're not... If you don't have that established yeah. hierarchy... Uh, this is not the hierarchy. The established rapport with that individual. Yeah. Because that leads to bad times. Mm-hmm very bad times don't don't do it just don't do it if unless you have that established rapport <coughs> the dynamic that relationship you don't want to negotiate up only because regret is a big factor in that yeah you, it's like oh well i want i uh, case in point typically in this and i'm gonna i'm gonna harp on rope a little bit for that one again because rope is one of those things where you do need to be specific like you will not touch me in my not in square Mm-hmm. at all and then midway through the suspension can you fuck me mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things. incorrect what I've done and I've, I've had very I haven't had a lot of situations that involve both rope and sexy time but the one that I've had that has come closest to that I said you have to let me untie you all the way first and then we can start over yeah. and if they're willing to commit that far sure yeah Typically, it's uh, I will untie you. I'll let you calm down for fifteen minutes, and we'll renegotiate. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want, and if you're still at that point afterwards, bet we'll we'll we'll, we'll negotiate that in. Mm-hmm. If not, no, we just gonna go through the motions, and that's about it. But that yeah, I've got no problem telling people no. It's not a bad thing. It never is. And people usually at that point when they hear that you have to untie them mm-hmm. and then do it again because you've renego- you're now renegotiating it, mm-hmm. 
they usually say, well, no, no, never mind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I say no more than your typical brat. I don't really affiliate with brats. So. Brats say no all the goddamn time. It's what they do. Is that their modus operandi? Oh, yeah. Pardon me. I've never had really good experiences with brats. Not really, ever. I think, like, I I kind of enjoy being around them, but the thing is, like, I'm never going... I generally don't sleep with them. Okay. So I just get to be mean to somebody. That's and, fair. And it's great. I mean, being mean to people is a really fun thing to do. All right. Let's see. We've gone over scenes, various ones, play, different play types. We've touched on negotiations, both quote-unquote standard as far as like conventions are concerned mm-hmm. and the interpersonal ones that you'd get between like fluidity and just kind of pick a play-esque stuff. Uh, what else would you attach to this type of playing, being... being Exit plans. <coughs> Exit plans. So if somebody violates your scene, what's your plan? Uh, or interrupts it. That That's a good idea too. Because if you're, like, at home playing and then, like, your grandma comes in and is like, Jimmy, dinner's ready. Oh, my. You should probably have, like, know what's, what's going to happen there. Uh, that's going to be a pretty, like, well, you're going to have to sit there and explain to Granny why you are using her wooden chart. Is that chartreuse board? Chartreuse. Chartreuse is a color. What is the board? It's a cheese board. Um, smorgasbord. That's what it's called, yeah, because they're on those. All right, well, you're you're using Grandma's smorgasbord as a paddle Mm. on on your partner. And now she's going to look at you funny every time she brings up the cheese platter. You're going to have to deal with that one on your (laughs) own, kiddo. Like, I I can't, we can't help you with that. Mm -hmm. Now, if it's in a private setting where it's just you and your partner, that's a different story. Mm. You and someone you're playing, that's a different story. Usually you want to have a callback. Like mm-hmm. You want to let somebody know where you're at. Yeah. I think Apple has a wonderful thing. It's like, oh, by the way, let a friend know. Find a friend. Yeah. This is where I'm at. Don't let the person you're playing with know that. Something I suggest is if um, if you are... This is more for subs, but it can be for doms too. Find a group of people that share your same discipline and get them to watch out for you. So, like, um, be like, hey, I'm going to this scene. Um, if you don't hear from me in four hours... Please hit me up. That's a good way to do it. But don't immediately, like, shut down the presses, because I may just, like, still be fucking. That is a thing. I mean, typically for me, whenever I'm going into... Whenever I'm going into a scene with people that I'm not really affiliated with or anything, else, I was like, hey, look, I'll let my roommates know, let or a couple close friends know, hey, this is where I'm at. Here is the address. You don't hear from me. About two and a half hours, call me. Mm-hmm. Don't text, call. I'll have my phone set up for specific phone numbers. Y'all is one of them. I know, and considering that I have an Android phone, that's a little bit different because I know Apple will actually have that ping where you can have that emergency contact call you mm-hmm. at a certain amount of time. Um, something I think we keep bringing up over the course of this podcast, and I can't stress it enough, is to get integrated in some sort like not necessarily the BDSM community but some sort of community where you have social support because I know a lot of people that have gotten burned in BDSM because they were just taking what they could get 
Mm. And like their primary partner was maybe their boyfriend or girlfriend and they lived with them. So you can't really say no because then you're homeless. But uh, like a good way to avoid stuff like that is to have a big network, have a lot of people you can talk to. And you may not necessarily have to be limited to playing with, you know, somebody that can make you homeless if you say no. There is that, and also I want to add a little bit of a tangent, not so much of a tangent, but I want to add another little building block on that. While building a network is great, just make sure that they're in, they also don't have ulterior motives because that's, that can be a thing. If you're a pretty boy, that is a sub. If you're a pretty girl, that's a sub. You, you may run into some issues, but if you find a good support network, like people that genuinely give a shit about you, yeah, you'll you'll know really right away that they'll they will be willing to be like, it's five o'clock in the morning, honey, you're crying, you didn't have a good scene, they're being shit bags. Come sleep over with us, right? You'll have the couch, we'll take care of that. Mm-hmm. Those people, by all means, if you can find them. They'll be there. Yeah. And typically they'll they'll run the same gambit as you. And if these are good people, don't don't be afraid to reach out for them. I know a lot of people who won't reach out when they need to because it's um they feel like they're bothering them. But this is this is giving that other person an opportunity to prove themselves in the relationship for you and that makes them feel good. So um do that. Do that thing. It is it is a two way street. You have to you, you do have to reach out. And extend and, and take sometimes the extended olive branch, mm-hmm. and it go it does go both ways. If they extend it to you, you must be willing to take it, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And it's you have to it's uh, you have to reciprocate at mm-hmm. that point. And one thing I will I will touch about is if you get into the scene and sometimes the networking fails or anything of the sort, don't hesitate to kind of like contact people that have that you've made friends with that have traveled out of the scene because sometimes getting outside perspectives from outside your own scene mm-hmm. or your own community does help because yeah. people play differently in different places mm-hmm. some places are more conservative than others some places are a lot more liberal than others and having those different perspectives as far as like kink is concerned and situations is very helpful in this because again, we will not be the end all be all as far as information is concerned. Oh yeah, there will always be somebody else that may have something better that something kind of has a cut of your jib that, that you vibe with, mm-hmm. and just keep yourself safe. You you want you want to be able to have all the bruises and all the rope marks for here for a while. I mean, you just got kinky. You, why stop now? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that saddens me the most is that people that literally came in were as green as as a brand new a suckling just disappeared because of bad blood mm-hmm. in the sense that they were not taken care of properly. Right. Stop that. Yeah. <laughs> These are people that could have grown into something, like that could have had something for other people to list, like mm-hmm. done and changed and been fine with. Mm-hmm. These, are, these are these are people that could have grown into wonderful beings and kings. Could have been like the next Dame that I paid and gotten stomped on, right? And you ruined it. <laughs> Whoever you are. <laughs> and with that, are those all the scenes? 
I think those are all the scenes. I think they are. I don't, I'm, unless we want to get into the darker stuff. No. Then no. <laughs> what What do you mean by the darker stuff? Well, I mean like all the edgy edgy play shit. Like like not necessarily not, not we're not talking about the edge play. Like we're literally talking about transitioning from the basic scenes. I wouldn't say basic, because whenever whenever we get into the scene, we evolve, we change. Our interests adapt. Imp- they improvise, adapt, overcome. Right. Um. I know when I got into the scene at first, I wasn't into blood, and I know I've mentioned this before. Yeah. And that changed. That and getting involved into uh, stuff that was a lot heavier, a lot harder, a lot, a lot more, running the ge- running the risk of no longer being safe, sitting consensual. It was more along the lines of one of the other acronyms that is PRIC, personal responsibility, informed consensual kink. Basically, I know what I'm getting myself into. I should take accountability for something that goes wrong as well, mm-hmm. as opposed to just throwing it all on top, or, or the bottom, whoever plays. That's kind of what I mean. So most of your edge play stuff, like your consensual non-consent, like these are some scenes that people do gravitate to. Right. Autoerotic asphyxiation, breath play, um, blood play, fluid play. I, see, I think we see breath play pretty often currently in the scene. We do. <coughs> uh, I recently had a friend text me like, hey, how do you choke people? And I'm like, um... Um... That's that's a long talk, homie. <laughs> that is that is a very long talk. That that well, it can be a two minute conversation, or it can be a thirty minute to an hour long conversation. On how to appropriately choke somebody? Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do they do they black out instantly when you blood choke them? Do, do they take like five minutes to bl- uh, to even get a response while you're doing that? Mm-hmm. Do they have a strong enough respiratory system to? to to take care of all that these are these are things that you do need to discuss yeah like what realms of breath play are we talking because i had a um a partner who um she liked breath play but not necessarily done through like the throat method Mm -hmm. um she would have me push down on her diaphragm i remember doing something like that in like college Mm -hmm. where you just have someone go up against the wall push on the diaphragm and then all of a sudden they're out like light Mm -hmm. kids still do that shit (laughs) it's a great great rush tell you that right now uh there's also other forms of uh, breath play there's uh there's one that i know specifically it's called cupcaking i i immediately hate it what is it it's where you put a turkey bag over somebody's head and duct tape it no (laughs) not for me (laughs) It's, it's a thing and the only way to, and this, this obviously this goes without saying unless you know how to do it don't try this yeah for the love of god please i will not be responsible for this because it's not even my teaching i don't teach this one yeah um the only way to get that bag off because turkey bags are are known for not giving when you try tearing them right is to cut it off their head okay yeah no that that's uh, that's the that's one of the other ways uh, breathing in carbon dioxide. No. <laughs> it, it's fun to look at from a distance because that, that's a whole other bag of worms. Yeah, I don't want to kink shame anybody, but that's not for me. I mean, I've, I've done it. <laughs> oh, boy. Whew. And that, one, that one's a bit of a rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, and I guess we can go into... But I know there's probably equal people out there that are like, blood, ew. And again, <clears throat> I was one of them. 
And I think one of the one of the people s- are afraid of the Kool Aid. People are afraid of the Kool Aid, and this goes to the question: Is the Kool Aid man the glass, or is he liquid? He is both. He is a sentient thing. He is, yeah, he's both. He's both. You, it, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You have to have all of them. I was thinking it was the ice cubes. Because mm. brain. Mm-mm. No. Didn't flow. Nope. Not ebbing and flowing at the moment. Yeah, the cool the Kool-Aid man doesn't need a brain. He doesn't think. He only acts. He only smashes. Mm-hmm. Kool-Aid smash. Yeah, Kool-Aid for smash. Kool-Aid for smash. <laughs> Uh, I think we need to talk about something and we've mentioned safe and consensual quite a bit and we've now, we just now introduced another facet of it which is prick mm-hmm. and now I'm going to introduce another one which is rack risk awareness consensual kink and then obviously prick is personal responsibility informed consensual kink these are the types of these are the types of scenes that involve a lot more self-awareness right. and a lot more studiousness when mm. it comes down to doing these things. So how do you know that somebody is well trained enough to play with them? That's a little bit more difficult because you have to sit there and go, okay, is it is this, has this dude been doing uh, well, we'll use a relatively simple one. Has this been, has this person been doing blood cupping for a while? That's a relatively common one. Mm-hmm. And it's cupping you make incisions on somebody you do the pumpy pumpy stuff and then you see blood pull and you pop it off and there's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Do they know how to make sure that it doesn't aerosolize? Are they aware of bloodborne pathogens? Are they Have they taken any training as far? Because you can go get bloodborne, certi- bloodborne pathogens certified from OSHA for like 12 bucks. Mm. You can go get CPR certified for $13 online. Like these are These are all things that are part of my repertoire as somebody that plays on that sphere of things like these are things that I personally have to make sure that my people are safe and it's also that one of the added things like I used to be a dungeon monitor Mm -hmm. for the local dungeon that used to be here and it was required that we had all these things to kind of know what to look for right if people are not playing properly so have they done it before who have they done it before do they have papers? Are you still in contact with these people? Can uh-huh. I speak with them? It's usually it, at that, that last one. Can I speak with them? You usually want to say it first yeah. or say it after like, Hey, have you played with somebody else? Is it okay if I talk to them to, to get their experience? Right. Because you want to know exactly what their headspace was. And if they, if they have any issues with the, sub, with, with the scene itself, because they can have an issue with the person, but that's a, a subjective subjective opinion. Mm-hmm. You want the scene. You want the information regarding the scene. Like, what do you remember how it felt? Do you remember being okay with it afterwards? Did you get scarred from it? Did you negotiating it? Did you negotiate getting scarred from the scene? Mm-hmm. These are all things that you need to take into consideration. Because again, you're playing with ver- you're playing with sharp objects and all that, and people heal differently, etc., etc., etc. The same thing with goes with breath play. Breath play is like, okay, well, do you know how to properly choke somebody that doesn't pass out from a blood choke? Mm-hmm. If the answer no, then that's kind of your answer. You don't want it, You shouldn't. You probably shouldn't play with them mm-hmm. because if something goes wrong, something goes very wrong. But that's with every scene that you have. Is that you? All, these are these are these are very dangerous things that we do to get to get that high to get to chase that high 
and we need to be informed about these things. Like, take do take the time to learn your own anatomy in that regard. Like, know what your actual limits are in the scene. Like, have you have you ever done these things prior with a partner? No. Well, okay. Start with a demo. Mm-hmm. Somebody that is well regarded and actually trustworthy. Is it difficult to find these people? Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. Maybe go to a convention. <coughs> Most of the people at conventions, with the presenters at conventions, are internationally known and yeah. vetted. That's another way you can try. And then you can start weeding things out from there. Go to these classes. Like if someone's teaching how to do the thing that you're interested in, go and learn. Because then you will know exactly what's right and what's wrong mm-hmm. as the bottom or even as the top. Because if you played with a bottom that says they've done the thing... And they haven't done the thing. And they haven't done the thing, you can kind of weed people out that way. Yeah. And that's an important facet of any type of scene that you're going to be jumping into, whether it's just playing with whips, whether it's flogging, spanking, because there are incorrect ways of spanking somebody. There are incorrect ways of caning somebody. Mm -hmm. There are definitely incorrect ways of doing rope on somebody. Yep. And there's even more incorrect ways of doing things that involve the heavier stuff. Like, well, the case in point in kidnapping scene. Mm -hmm. There's a a number of ways that you can do this safely. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do it in broad daylight. Nope. (laughs) That you don't. You can, but I I guarantee you, you're going to have the cops at your door. Yeah. And that'll not be a good time for anybody. Also, learning your local laws as far as like what is and isn't allowed, what you can and cannot talk about in the public sphere of things, like the vanilla sphere of things. Mm-hmm. That's a big one because in most states, you cannot consent to bodily harm right. whatsoever. And in certain, con- in certain places in the South, that involves asphyxiation. Right. That's bad. It is bad. So walking into work with a giant handprint around your throat or petechial hemorrhaging from the neck up signifies you were choked. Mm -hmm. Someone can call the cops. And someone can have a really nice sit-down time with Bubba in jail. Mm -hmm. But yeah, don't don't consent to a scene just because you're really horny. Don't fucking do that. It's very tempting. It'll probably be the hardest thing you have to deal with in the whole experience with this scene. But, like, this is the difference between you having a good time and you having to spend a night in the ER. Or you possibly going to jail. Yeah. Also, there there comes a point, like, if you have... I think this goes it goes a little bit well. Like so I know some of us that are in the scene do go see a therapist. Uh-huh. Uh, that, that's one of the things. There are certain key words... If you mention to your therapist, they will call the cops as well. Mm-hmm. Just food for thought. The medical profession is a little bit weird when it comes to that, especially when it comes to psychological health, especially physical health. <coughs> Doctors, not so much. Doctors can kind of tend to turn a little bit more of a blind eye. Mm-hmm. It's your therapists that will kind of harp on you. Yeah. On specific things. Am I right or am I wrong? Um. Well, whenever you're, um, whenever you get a new therapist, you should ask what the limits of their confidentiality are. Every therapist you ever get, that is one of the first thing, the the first things you need to ask is, 
um, what theoretical model are you using? They're probably going to say CBT. Um, cognitive ball torture. Yeah, exactly. How'd you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay. It's what most insurance companies cover because they think you can fix everyone's psychological problems in six weeks of therapy, and CBT is the cheapest and most widely spectrum effective, and it's very bad. Uh, that explains why therapy never really worked on me. It works on everyone a little, and that's the problem. It works just enough to kind of mask it. It, yeah, it works enough to produce an effect. And for some people, that's all they need. But for a lot of people, they need other models. But yeah, ask what the limits of their confidentiality are, and they, they have to tell you. Okay. This is becoming a really informative discussion on all aspects. Oh, yeah. I like this. Uh, because, well, the like the thing that... the The reason I feel the need to say stuff like that is... Um, that statement could be read as don't go see a therapist you might go to jail for liking BDSM true and that, that's very disingenuous mm-hmm. um, because no. like therapy therapy is important and I think everybody needs it um, even if you are if, even if you think you're very healthy there's always stuff that therapy can help with because therapy is aimed at making you um, better than you were not just well that's, that's a good way of looking at it <clears throat> But um, uh, there it, it is a job with an industry, and any industrial endeavor is going to have a people that don't know what the fuck they're doing. So it's important to know the rules to not have to deal with those people. Um, you're going to have therapists and doctors that like don't know how to treat you. Like I've got a friend who um, she's got a couple of mental issues, and her psychiatrist, um, everything that that dude prescribes her is, um like a little bit addressing the mental issues but also trying to make her lose weight huh yeah that's a bit weird yeah hmm I wouldn't know how to take that um uh, not well <laughs> probably not very well but um I've known like three people that's happened to too especially here in San Antonio they think be less fat is the answer to a lot of things here <laughs> uh yeah no that that doesn't work ever, mm-hmm. unless you have a eating disorder and that's what your mind gravitates to. Then yeah, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. As someone that dealt with that and still deals with it, I I feel you on that. Mm-hmm. And but no, uh, the the other thing with therapy is that um, if you are in a situation where you're getting it, then you are actually at an advantage. And I don't want to see people throw that away just because they're kinky. And it's not to make it make you throw it away. It's just that there are certain things and certain keywords that certain people can like. This is strictly from work. Mm-hmm. Like seeing somebody walk in with a bruise on their face is is definitely a sign of something is probably wrong. But for us, it could be we had a one hell of a good weekend, mm-hmm. and those misinterpretations can affect us in our day to day life. Mm-hmm. And the scenes that we do these play that we do tend to do leave marks Mm -hmm. and it's a matter of learning how to mitigate that and making sure that you're still going to be okay making sure you're still going to be able to see your therapist eye to eye Mm -hmm. and making sure your your doctor's visits are going to be okay because if you go to a gynecologist's office and your uterus or your your vaginal canal has been stretched open beyond comprehension because you just had like the all-american dildo challenge shoved inside <laughs> of you 
or bad dragon's biggest fucking dragon dong shoved inside you and you're stressed the fuck out and your gynecologist is like going, what the hell happened to you? They're gonna, some people are going to look at you funny. Mm-hmm. Always make sure to schedule your appointments appropriately. Right. After a, I, I, probably a few days after a scene, let the bruises settle. Let mm-hmm. everything kind of reset itself. Mm-hmm. Good food for thought as far as scenes are concerned. But again, that goes, that, that again, that goes with personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. You have to take some sort of autonomy when it comes to playing. You can't always throw it on the person that you're playing as the top. Now, granted, if you're a newbie, that that's a whole different story. You kind of gravitate to the person that's doing the scene as the one that's kind of guiding you into it. So there's a little bit of leeway. But also... Yeah, it's do, not unlimited. It is not. It is not. You Doing your research is going to always, always save your butt. Mm-hmm. From a really bad lashing, if somebody actually changed a whip tail from a nylon string to a fishing line mm-hmm. make pretty marks though anything else you'd like to add not really I think we've covered most of it um, that's most of the types of th- scenes I can think of um, if, if I were to boil a thesis out of all of this it would be like um, do research on the kind of scenes you're wanting to do um, you're probably obsessed with it anyway so just look into it um you know, find porn of it somewhere, go on FetLife, look at all the pictures. Um, <clears throat> if you're not actively trying to sleep with the person that you're messaging, they will most likely talk to you. Because um, I know a lot of people on FetLife just have like, you know, their their inbox is 90% desert because of all the thirst. Um, <laughs> but if, if you're messaging like, hey, I see you're really into this thing, I'm new... Can you point me in a direction? <clears throat> Most of them will acquiesce. Most of them will will point you in a, in a decent direction. Um, granted, I wouldn't recommend messaging somebody from my if you're in the states, like somebody in the UK, like, hey, can you point me in the direction in my local area? Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. Don't. If you're looking to strike up a conversation with somebody you're interested in playing, just be upfront and honest. Like, hey, look, I've I noticed that you're into with something. Would it be okay that if we if we met at a public place, like a munch, to to talk? If if we if we vibe, if we if we like each other at at that point, can we talk about it? Mm-hmm. Never jump into it. Can we just discuss it? Don't get mad if they say no. Yeah, it's always best to meet people in person. Yes, but in the in the age of the internet messaging people on FetLife, Twitter, or anything of the sort. Yeah, and I was mostly talking about information. Like, where can I go to find out about the thing? Oh, well, that's even easier. Because I, I, think, I think that's the strongest platform to start out on. Um, I may not be the best source on that because I love reading and researching. Um, like, I've, I've straight up had research dates with people before where it's six hours of me and a partner sitting in a room and reading before anything else happens. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, but it is weird. Yeah, you're talking to a person that will sit there and lab a very specific like type of thing. Like and like let's say we're we're like trying to do like body modification. Like I'll sit there and do all of the research and have the person right there like doing their own like 
what, what is the healing process for this? Like mm-hmm. what, before we even do anything. Yeah. Like that, that's what I, that is like a type of scene that I've had to where, okay, the person gave me the design. I looked at the design. I'm, I did everything and they're looking at the healing process at the same time. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I got all this done. I'm going to start setting up the entire thing. I'm like, all right, are you, would you like to continue? Would you like to negotiate a little bit more? Mm-hmm. This, this and that. And then like four hours later, we're finally done. Yeah. Because we've just now gotten to that point. And it's not a bad thing. Is it a bit different from how other people do it? Yeah, of course. Some people, a lot of people in the kink scene are a lot more kinetic when it comes to that. They like to, they like to jump in and do mm-hmm. the thing. And that can go one of two ways, either horribly wrong or okay. Mm-hmm. But again, I tend to have the luck of someone unholy. Right. So that it, that could mean many things. Eg- exactly, and that's why we're <laughs> leaving it at that. Like, I gotta have the luck of Cthulhu, where I'm just sleeping and things happen. <laughs> <laughs> that that's my life. Like, no messages when I fall asleep. Wake up to ten messages. What the fuck? Yeah. Again, I the the way you summed it up was pretty pretty straightforward. Do your research. Find a porn that has it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there's porn of it. Unless you're doing blood play, that's a bit difficult to find. I looked. Trust me. It's <laughs> difficult. It really is. And just go from there. Like even I think even some of the bigger name like players have assistants mm-hmm. to where you can talk to them. Like I know uh Nakasan from Japan, like he actually has assistants that will talk to you about certain things. Okay. Which is which is great. Which is awesome. It it, it helps with the, the ebb and flow of like wanting to learn, wanting to get more information. It, it's great. I haven't really seen that for like flogging or anything of the sort, but I'm pretty sure there's a there's specific people that you can talk to for that. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, do your research, watch out for big personalities. Yep, yep, yep. And with that being said, that is episode three. We've done it. We finished it. And with that being said, Auf Wiedersehen, au revoir, Janet. We'll catch you next time. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>